Dr. Robin Axelrod. On my drive to work one morning, I thought, how could I promote unity between OT and OTA students? How could I foster communication and leadership skills and promote our amazing profession? Welcome to my OT Journey podcast. Welcome to my OT Journey podcast. Today I am joined with two amazing OTs, Jessica Peterson and Gail Shui, and we are going to talk about supporting mothers through occupational therapy. But before we start, I just want to mention an amazing tool for students. Today's podcast is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an amazing tool and resource for students. Have you checked it out? You should. Use Robin20 as a code for a discount on your purchase. All right, we are back. So we are joined today with Jessica Peterson and Gail Shui, and they co-founded Matrescence Occupational Therapy to provide community-based OT services to support clients during the transition to motherhood. They started this practice to fill a gap in maternal and perinatal health and wellness during a time of physical, hormonal, and psychological changes in a mother's life. And I totally, totally love, love, love these two women and also the practice that they built. So um, we're joined today by both of them and I'm so grateful that they are joining us and they're going to share with us a little bit about their own career journeys, how they became um, OTs and how they joined together to make this company. So let's start with Jessica. Um, Hi, Jessica, how are you? Hi, Robin, thank you so much for having us on. Um, Yeah, so what what do you not want to know first? (laughs) So, so could you share with us um, about your OT journey? How did you decide that occupational therapy was the profession for you? And what was that like in the beginning? Uh, okay, so I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, I got my uh, bachelor's degree at, in psychology at UC Riverside. Um, and at the time, uh, my father had just kind of transitioned careers from physical therapy uh, to uh, psychology. Um, and he <laughs> he always wanted, you know, something for us that we were going to be able to get jobs in. And so um, he was always uh, he, he wanted me to um, think about whether or not I wanted to do psychology and whether I wanted to get a job. Uh, And he suggested that I think about occupational therapy because he knew that I really liked creativity. So I um, was able to follow an OT in the schools and realized that I really liked the components of just being able to do things for um, people and kids that they really just had to do in their everyday lives anyways, and how to make them successful at that and to really just use very creative ideas to how to figure out how to help them do that. Um, So that really spoke to me. And uh, I went to OT school right after I graduated uh, with my bachelor's. Um, I graduated from San Jose State uh, with a master's in OT in 2011. And then right after I moved um, to Austin, Texas, where I am now, Um, I did my first two level two or my two level two field works there. And um, my second field work was at a skilled nursing facility where I uh, got a job right afterwards. And I worked there for three and a half years until um, the fall of 2014 uh, when my husband and I uh, did like a nine month travel around the world. Um, We did that as our last hurrah right before we had children. (laughs) 
and I got pregnant with my first shortly after. Um, so it was right during that time I quit my job at the skilled nursing facility right before we went on our, our trip. And then after I came back and I got a PRN job in acute care at a local hospital um, and started with raising my kids and figuring out what motherhood was all about. Um, and in 2018, I was still PRN uh, in acute care and I had my second child. Um, they are now four and seven years old. So, and during that time, I was feeling really disconnected from my professional identity. Uh, I sort of felt that I was an OT. I'm still doing this PRN thing, but maybe like once or twice a month just to keep my toes in the water. And um, I really didn't quite know who, which identity that I really felt represented me at the time. And also being a mother was just so new and so confusing and so many things that happened to my body and my brain. And I just felt like a completely different person. Um, and then of course the pandemic hits. And during the pandemic, I was noticing that myself as well as all of my friends um, were all of a sudden as mothers taking on all of these additional roles. So we were taking on roles as educators. We were taking on roles as psychologists. We were taking on roles um, as doing more uh, family and household managing that we, we had ever done before. And then there was no in-person supports. So it was just this time of you know craziness. And the way that I decided to uh, help my feelings of craziness uh, was to go back to school. <laughs> So in 2021, I started the post-professional post occupational therapy program, um, doctorate program at Boston University. And uh, when I applied, I had to apply with a capstone idea fully formed. Um, and so I decided that what I really wanted to do is really look at the data of what mothers were going through with their um, roles and what was happening there, because I thought that was really interesting. And from an OT perspective, there was plenty to dissect. Um, and so that kind of started me thinking about what OTs could do for mothers. Um, and then in 2022, I sort of decided that I wanted to change my capstone idea. Um, and started focusing on uh, mothers and parents that had physical disabilities because I felt like that was an obvious connection between OT and parenting. Yet even there, there really wasn't a lot of direct services going on. And there also was a real lack of resources, especially in this country. Um, so for my capstone project, I am developing a resource and um, educational website for OT practitioners who might be working with uh, parents or caregivers with physical disabilities anytime in their career. Um, so that is currently in progress. Um, and then uh, in this fall, I um, started talking more uh, to Gail, um, who had, we had had a lot of different conversations about what our lives looked like as professionals and mothers, um, and how we really felt that there were a lot of services missing. 
And so that's when we started our private practice, Matrescence Occupational Therapy. And here we are today. Oh, that's, so that is amazing and definitely an area that is a new area of practice, but definitely an area of need, um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that you are delving into that. Um, Gail, can you share your career journey so far? Yes. So actually, occupational therapy is my second career. I started out in pharmaceutical research and I was there for eight years after graduating with my biology degree from the University of Texas at Austin. Um, so I'm a born and raised Texan. I'm Filipina and I did not want to be a nurse. I knew that. Um, but I didn't know about occupational therapy at all. So I remember coming home from work one day, um, frustrated that I wasn't really using all my skills as best as possible. Like I'm a people person. So I remember going home and Googling medical something and coaching and somehow occupational therapy had come up. I'd never heard of it ever. And once I discovered that, um, kind of just like this business journey, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Once I figured it out, I looked at how to do my prerequisites, what I needed to do to get into school. I had to take a couple classes over because probably like a lot of others, my undergrad GPA wasn't the best. Um, so I had to go back and get some classes in and then go to OT school. So it was, it was a huge transition for me to move out of Austin to San Antonio, where I went to grad school at the UT Health Science Center in San Antonio. Um, but it was a great experience. And through that, my leadership skills kind of shined through even more. Um, I was involved with a couple organizations at, um, at OT school. I was the class president. I worked with the other allied health professionals at our school and kind of got a chance to advocate for OT and also learn what, you know, the PAs do, the respiratory therapists do, the EMTs, because we were all in the same program. So that was really exciting. Um, and then after OT school, um, my, my level twos were at an ECI and an LTAC. So I felt like the complete opposite spectrums. And then originally going into OT school, I thought I was going to work in PEDS. Um, and then that's not exactly what happened. That's, that's not necessarily the path that um, I ended up taking, which, which happens too. You know, we, we get on a path thinking one thing and we ended up somewhere else. But my first job out of OT school was actually a very unique opportunity to start a work hardening program. And as a new grad, it was really intimidating, but a great offer was presented to me. And I thought about it long and hard before actually taking it on. But I said, you know, why not? I didn't have a job lined up yet. I had had experience in ECI and in LTAC and why not try something completely different? And I did that. Um, imposter syndrome was huge, of course. And I was the only OT there. And so it was kind of digging down deep and thinking like, well, I mean, we are technically the experts in this. Even though I'm a very new grad, I'm still more knowledgeable about this information than our clients would be, right? So how, like taking that into account and seeing like we still have great value to add to others, um, even though I felt like I didn't know anything. 
Uh, after that, I realized it wasn't the best fit for me and that's okay. I took a peds PRN job and then found my full-time job in acute care at um, the, one of the main hospitals here in Austin, which is where I met Jessica. And I actually met her when she was coming back from maternity leave and um, was PRN. And I had not heard of that really. I mean, I knew it in peds, but um, having my full-time job, I was like, oh, you know, maybe that's something I could do when I have kids or, you know, um, something like that. But I, going, going into my career, I always thought I would be the mom that once you have a baby, you, once the baby's old enough, you go back to work full-time, baby's in daycare, and that's what you do. Well, then, again, the pandemic hit. <laughs> um, I, my baby shower was scheduled two weeks after shutdown. So I didn't have the baby shower. And then now we're growing a baby in acute care where we have all these patients coming in with COVID. It was, it was pretty scary and intense. Um, but then, so she was born in May and I was fortunate to be able to take six months of maternity leave, um, especially with COVID going on. I think it was able to be, um, kind of like an extenuating circumstance. So I got to spend some extra time with my daughter. And then also with those challenging roles where you're, where I'm isolated, I'm, I'm an, I'm a, an extroverted person <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. And it's like, I don't have my support that I thought I would have after having this baby. Um, and I had, you know, the aches and pains had to, see a pelvic floor therapist, had to get the steroid shot for mommy thumb. And all the while I had been reaching out with Jessica, you know, what did you do in this situation? How did you handle this? Um, and then when she told me about her doctoral program, um, I was super inspired, but also didn't know where I wanted to be with my career. Cause like I said, I thought I would be in acute full time. And then we had a fateful field trip to San Antonio where she was visiting a site for her project. Um, I forget the name of it. Project. Um, project Mend project in San Antonio. Mend in yeah. San Antonio. Right. And the whole drive down and back, we just started throwing out ideas, talking about why is there such a gap in maternal health care? Occupational therapists are made to do this. And since that day on August 1st of this year, like we haven't been able to stop talking about it since. And it's just, it's just grown in the past couple months and we're super excited. Yeah, I mean, that is amazing. And it's amazing how you met each other and also how your two career journeys are similar, but different, you know? Um, and, and I love that. I think that's just fate putting people together and, um, I, I share, you know, the same love of working with mothers. I mean, for myself, um, I'm a professor and a program director, but part of being a professor is doing research. And I could not find my area of passion for research. I've been working as an adjunct since 2013. And now as a full-time professor, you really need to delve into the research and create research. And um, I did ABA and OT, that collaboration for a while. And then I was thinking about like, you know, what speaks to me? What, what do I love? Like, what could I really align with? And as a mother myself, I see now through my experience working with mothers that that is my true passion. Like I love working with mothers and that's really where I can share and 
and I can be open and there's no judgment and I can offer, you know, um, opportunities and help for mothers. So I love that we're all on the same page in terms of support for mothers. And um, can you share with me, I mean, throughout this journey where you started this um, together, what have been like some difficulties or challenges that you can't come into, maybe even one or two that you could share? And um, what would you like to think of as a success so far or something that you're super proud of? Do you want to do challenges? Um, challenges. Okay. So <laughs> we are very new to this. So I feel like everything has kind of been a challenge, but also like a, a learning opportunity, um, which has really, I think, been a lot of really motivating to us. But the very first challenge that we've encountered is just the lack of recognition or understanding of what occupational therapists do just in general. Um, because we're kind of entering into a new population for OT and we have to market ourselves. We have to tell people, why are we different? Why do you need us? And that doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily the same. If you're a pediatrician, you know, a mother is going to know, oh, I, yes, I need a pediatrician. Um, but they're not necessarily going to know like, oh, yes, I think that what I need is an occupational therapist. Um, so we have sort of started this whole thing out really trying to get into the community and put ourselves out there, meet mothers, meet families and other um, birth and maternal care providers and educate people on not only really what OT is, but also why we can provide a unique service that they might be able to benefit from. Um, so I think that that's been kind of the greatest underlying challenge and then to go along with that is more that Gail and I, neither of us really have a background in sales or business. And so just entering that space where all of a sudden we are the ones bringing a service to someone and having to get customers, having to get clients to pay for what we do um, is really just kind of a very new concept. And there's a lot of kind of psychological perspective changes that you have to mess with and like, oh, yes, you know, we do have a valuable service. Gail and I know that we're really passionate about taking our OT lens and applying it to those rough transitions to motherhood. Um, but yet when it comes down to saying, OK, well, I can do this for you, can you give me money? <laughs> you know, that part is just really like tricky, I think, but we're really working on it. And we've been working with a business coach and been learning a lot of different things, um, which has really helped kind of like change that perspective. Yeah, I think another to add on to that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Uh, the challenge of imposter syndrome, right? That comes up all the time, but starting a business and like Jessica mentioned, filling that role of one, we are now business owners, entrepreneurs, and then having someone pay us for the service. Whereas before, when you work in a hospital, you're just doing your job and the, the client's pay either by insurance or private pay. We don't have to worry about it. We don't see any of that. But to really be focused on, we have to push ourselves hard to ensure that we get clients and also get paid. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I, I am the same. And, you know, and that's the advice because I, I did open, you know, my private practice a while ago um, is that I, I tell everyone, get get a coach. Like you need guidance, ask the questions, you know, have someone holding your hand through the process because otherwise there are so many failures that like, forget it. You need, you know, you're definitely going to have failures along the way, but you need, definitely need guidance when doing that. So that's amazing that you're doing that. What's something super exciting that you would share with everyone or success that you'd like to share so far? Well, I think just the fact that we've gotten as far as we have in such a short period of time. So August 1st is when we had the idea and started talking about it. We launched our website September 1st. By like October 5th or so, we had filed our LLC paperwork. um, And we've done a couple workshops, freebie workshops called Ergomomics, little mini workshops um, to educate the moms on the services that we are coming up with and just like a little teaser. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback from it. So it's been it's been very validating to put ourselves out there and see, um, see the potential clients be so receptive. Yeah. And also people that, you know, I think that we think, oh, well, you know, lots of people are moms and lots of people have had time to kind of experiment with how they want to mother and, um, you know, do things and, But there's things that we see that they don't necessarily see, um, you know, like having pain and discomfort in your body when you're doing when you're doing certain tasks. Um, You know, I as a mother myself was horrible at that. You know, I had very poor posture because I'm leaning over my newborn and trying to get her to latch. And, you know, everything hurts in my body, but it doesn't matter because I want her to eat. And I really could have used someone to just sit with me and not only say like, oh, well, this is what you should be doing. But like, here, let me help you do this right now, um, which is really what we're trying to do with our ergonomics workshop is, you know, have moms come to us. And by the end of that workshop, they will leave with um, a setup that will work for them. And so we try to set people up, especially with feeding infants, because that's a really kind of body intensive task where you're kind of leaned over someone and you've got all of your hands and your fingers and everything involved and you're holding a heavy weight to you for a long period of time. Um, you know, we get them set up in a way that actually they can have their entire you know, both of their arms relaxed. They can have their hands open and free. And, um, you know, just, we just did a workshop yesterday and, and the mom that we set up was saying, I've, I've never breastfed without hands before, um, you know? And so it is kind of like a new concept. And what we really want to start with is doing a individualized service where we go to the home in their natural environment, see what they have. You know, they don't have to have all the fancy breastfeeding pillows in the world. Maybe they just have, you know, whatever works for them, or maybe they're breastfeeding in bed, just like figure out a way where we can support them. And then they can use that system to their advantage and be more successful in those occupations. 
That's, that's amazing. I, I think that's so important. I mean, you know, even short term, right? If you're if you're working on these skills short term, if you're working on, let's say, you know, breastfeeding posture and all that, long term, it's going to have effects on them also because it's going to prevent pain and uh, you know all these different issues. Um, so you know, fatigue. So I think it's super important uh, what you're doing, and I and I love it, and I can't wait to see all the other things that you develop over time because it is super new. I mean, you just started out; you're doing so much, and there's only good things that are going to come from this. So I can't wait to see. Um, if you were going to share with students that are starting out in their career journey, what tips would you give them? Could you share some tips? Oh, I would say ask all the questions that come up to you and don't be afraid to ask your mentors, professors, anybody. Because if there's one thing that we've learned even through this business process is people are willing to help they were kind of just um, paying it forward because someone has helped that person in the past and we're always, we're always here to help. We know what the journey is like, so don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, and also just continue thinking creatively. I think that as OTs, we are so creative. That's why we got into this field. It's very different than the other healthcare professionals because we kind of, we can tweak things so many different ways and do things, you know, how it works for our client in their lives. And so I think that coming out of OT school, when you're looking for those experiences, either in field work or for your first job, you know, feel free to think outside the box. You know, maybe an OT has never worked in this setting before, or maybe, you know, they're, they don't know that they could be appropriate taking OT students, but, you know, we have so much educational background and physical health and mental health and disability. We understand so much about what it is to be a person completing occupations and what that entails. Um, you know, there's so many occupations out there and I really hope that, you know, with what we are doing and um, what a lot of OTs are doing, just putting it out there that, yes, you know, you can actually work with populations that are not, you know, so typical or so traditional of populations that would be treated by occupational therapy and like, you know, outside of the medical model. I think that's amazing. And I think you are both doing an amazing job at this and uh, you've come so far and it's interesting how the two of you came from career paths that were so different and now we're doing this together based on your passion. So uh, I wish you tons of luck. And if you would like to reach um, Gail or Jessica, you can reach them at hello at momsot.com or you can go to their website, momsot.com or follow them on social at matrescence underscore OT. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an amazing service for students. And if you haven't checked them out, please go to their website and check it out. They offer a discount using code ROBIN20. So go and check it out today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you to the student contributors. If you liked it, please subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook at MyOTJourney, and on Instagram at MyOTJourneyPodcast. Thanks for listening. Go OT!